This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. Hey, would you like to take five minutes to help out the show and be entered to win a $100 Amazon gift card? Just go to podsurvey.com slash milk and fill out a short survey about what kind of advertising you do and don't like to hear on ours and your other favorite podcasts. It'll uh, take you less than five minutes. It costs you nothing. We will not use your email address for anything evil. uh, And in fact, we will only send you an email if you're a winner. That address again is podsurvey.com slash milk. Thank you so much for your help. Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and for a very brief time this spring, you too can have some. And that means we're talking about, I'm not really sure, I kept trying out different phrases uh, for what to call this episode, and uh, I wrote fleeting spring ingredients. On so our, poetic. On our, but, that's, but it's really wordy. Fleeting spring. Um, our it sounds assistant, like a, the name for a laxative. Yeah, it totally does. <laughs> uh, Abby, who came up with the uh, the idea, said just said spring veggies, which is a lot catchier. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's whispers of spring. Yes. Which, the, which now sounds like some sort of feminine hygiene product. <laughs> um, so what are we talking about? Uh, we are talking about those things that come and go quickly and you can only find them in the springtime. <laughs> yes, we are talking about exactly the thing we just said we were talking yeah, about. But specifically, a, a quartet of, uh, of fragile, semi-wild ingredients. And yes. they are, uh, let's see if I can do it off the top of my head without looking at the paper, ramps, stinging nettles, pea vines or pea shoots, and fiddlehead ferns. I, I was stumped on the last one, and I, I, I just ate one. Yes. So you are, you're so smart, Matthew. You, you noticed the, the extra long pause before the last one. <laughs> I, was, I was momentarily stumped also, even though they were, they're on my plate looking at me. I'm going to eat one now. Well, I feel like um, we're a little spoiled here in the old Northwest for a number of reasons. Uh, but one being that a, a lot of these ingredients grow wild in our very backyards. Literally. With the, with the exception of ramps. I don't think you can really find ramps around here, can you? I am. I think of it as like an East Coast thing, Virginia, New York. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we we get them here, but I think they're probably flown in. Yeah. Uh, if if we're wrong, someone is going to let us know. So when we talk about ramps, we're not talking about skateboarding ramps, skateboarding ramps, half pipes, or wheelchair ramps, um, ADA compliant codes. Um, Do they make ADA compliant skateboard ramps? 
Maybe. Probably. Uh, anyway, we're talking about wild leeks, which kind of look like scallions, only the, the leaves are sort of broader and flatter. They're, they're like wild scallions. They are like wild scallions. From, as, as heard in Phil and Ted's Excellent Adventure. What? You know, they were in the band Wild Scallions. <laughs> I didn't remember that. It was actually Wild Stallions, but close enough. Oh, I was thinking Wild Scallions would actually be a lot funnier. Uh, they it should would. have asked us to write Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I think oh, I yeah. was like 10. I was that, totally capable of doing it. That part with the band name would have been much funnier, and the rest would have been a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Also, stinging... <laughs> it would have been a, an 88-minute uh, heirloom produce quiz with, with two guys. <laughs> um, uh, stinging nettles. Speaking of heirloom produce. No, uh, stinging nettles also grow wild here. In fact, when I was trying to get my dog to poop recently boy we really can't do a single episode without making you're using the term we generously anyway (laughs) when i was trying to get my dog to poop the other day and throwing a ball for her she ran into some bushes and came back and was was kind of limping along because she's she's kind of a a delicate flower and i went to pull this leaf out of her fur and it turned out to be a stinging nettle and my thumb was like tingly and numb for about 24 hours i don't think i've ever gotten stung by one I've that gotten, was my first time yeah i've gotten poison oak but i've never gotten nettled and and the ones that you eat really are exactly the same as yeah. the ones that sting you right yeah in general the ones that 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 you want to choose if you're out nettle foraging let's say or maybe throwing a ball for your dog the ones that you would want to choose to take home and eat are going to be the smaller ones. As the leaves get bigger, they're just a little tougher. And maybe the flavor changes. I'm not sure. But anyway, you you would choose kind of the young nettles. Be careful. Pick them with heavy-duty rubber gloves on. What about like gauntlets? Like as as you would see on Game of Thrones. Falconry gloves. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Then you take them home and you need to blanch them. That is going to remove the sting from them. Um, Um, But whatever you do, don't touch them with your bare hands, people. Use tongs or rubber gloves or your your fingers will sting. I'm going to plow ahead with this joke, even though it's clearly a bad idea. Go on. I think the game of jacks was originally um, invented when uh, the, the original ru- rules of jacks were you let your falcon go and you pick as many nettles as you can before it comes back to your glove. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Where did Wouldn't you that, get this? Um, I, I, well, this I'm, is just the way your mind works? Yeah. I, I mean, doesn't that sound great? Yeah. Can we go back to ramps for a minute <laughs> yeah. so I can so I can tell a tale of, of my Fine. own um, ramp foraging experience yesterday? Yes. Uh, so I went down to Pike Place Market to get ramps and fiddleheads. Um, and uh, the thing about ramps is, so they're these, these wild leeks, and they, they look kind of like, they look sort of like scallions with a little bit of style. I already you know, like, said that, Matthew. You already said they had a little bit of style? No. <laughs> go on. <laughs> they're, they're sort of like tossing their hair back in a playful way. Yeah, they do have kind of like a... And they got a curve to them. They've got some attitude yeah. that scallions don't have. Anyway... So um, the thing about ramps and the thing that, that ramp lovers love is that they are incredibly pungent. You know, scallions are not known for being an especially pungent member of, member of the onion garlic family. But ramps have Nor this... Nor are leeks. Right. But ramps have this piercing, you know, kind of halfway between garlic and green onion aroma that just gets everywhere. And 
I so I got one bunch of ramps and then I headed home on the bus and I'm like, wait, what's that smell? And I realized I was the stinky guy on the bus and this one this one bunch of ramps had filled this entire, you know, extended articulated bus with its perfume. And and Matthew sent me a text saying oh, God, I'm that guy with ramps on the bus. And what I actually thought that you meant was that you were being like this insufferable hipster, like, hipster foodie type. No, I was just the guy on the bus that smelled the worst. <laughs> even better. Yeah. Even worse. Nobody. I got my own two seats to myself on well, a popular bus route. Wow, I'm going to carry ramps all the time. Yes, that's a great idea, especially during commuting hours. Okay, so that's so we've talked ramp. We're gonna we're gonna get into how to cook these things in a minute. Yeah. So so let's finish introducing them. So we've talked ramps and we've talked uh, nettles. Nettles. Uh, how about fiddleheads? Fiddleheads. So fiddleheads are actually sort of the young shoot of a, a particular type of fern. Fiddleheads, I, I think, more so than the others, you have to be a little careful because not all types of ferns are edible. There are many different species that that are edible as fiddleheads, but not all of them. Well, and it, I find it quite deceiving because when you're out for a walk, say, in a Pacific, Pacific <laughs> Northwest forest, if you don't have a lisp, that's how you say it. You know, you see so many things that look just like fiddleheads, but they're on, you know, ordinary sword ferns and things right. like that. And I just don't think you're supposed to eat those. Yeah. So forage with care, as always. Yes. You know, we should give a shout out to to Langdon Cook, who wrote the book Fat of the Land. Absolutely. And also The Mushroom Hunters, I believe, is the name of his second. He is um, an authority around here on foraging, and uh, you can read his books. Yeah, I, I guarantee he knows which kind of fiddleheads are, he knows, are safe to you know, pick. He should be doing this episode. We should just end it right now. If you're going fiddleheading, which is probably a word, go with Langdon. That's the point. Indeed. Uh, let's see. Okay, pea shoots. So this is one thing that... That's generally cultivated, yeah, not because wild. peas peas are easy to grow. It's uh, but they're still very seasonal. Yes, and and again, this is a young part of of a you know a new sprouting plant like a fiddlehead. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I do know sense? what you're saying. Did that sentence make any sense? Yes, it's part of a new sprouting plant. Great. Anyway, the, and the, the likes of which the world has never seen before. You know, I don't know if I if I mentioned if I've mentioned this here on the show, but my mom, whenever she's eating yellowtail sushi okay she has this kind of like annoying thing she says and she says the same thing every time she always says ah, it's like the essence of the sea Aww. and you know i was thinking when i was standing at your kitchen counter eating some pea vines just a minute ago that they're kind of like the essence of the pea <laughs> <laughs> and, and i thought that was asparagus <laughs> Um, but I do know what you mean. Pea vines are wonderful. Oh, I think they deserve to be so, better known. So wonderful. I first encountered them in Chinese restaurants. Yeah, me too. So uh, stir-fried pea vines with a little garlic and rice wine. Wonderful dish. It basically tastes like it's got all the sweetness of a good, really fresh green pea, but this wonderful, soft, kind of velvety leaf. I mean, that, that's what it is. It's a soft, velvety leaf. Um, yeah, so those... And the uh, vines are curly. They're kind of cute. Yeah, so we're so we're covering four ingredients in one episode. Is this going to be like a 48-minute episode? I hope not. I hope not, too. Because yeah. the, the good news is we don't actually know that much about any of these yeah, things. Yeah, I think we've pretty much exhausted it now. We're done. Um, sure. All right. So, uh, so until <laughs> next time, uh, maybe we should talk about uh, how to cook these things <laughs> and, and what we cooked. Okay, so fiddleheads, turns out, are really widely eaten because ferns grow all over the world. I'm just going to talk through this crunching. It's going to be... Background music. 
I have had fiddleheads most often in Korean food, where they're they're served on bibimbap or as a as a banchan. Um, you know, a little a little spicy, nice and salty. Those are very good. They they can be made into curries. In Western cooking, we most often see them like steamed steamed and sautéed. I have also had them pickled. Yes, um, yes, of course. Jerry Tronfeld, the wonderful chef of the restaurant Poppy here in Seattle, he pickles fiddleheads and they're delicious. Yeah, and you can buy um, from like, you know, small pickle producers, uh, jarred and pickled off-season fiddleheads. I mean, they can were picked in season. you still hear me crunching? Oh, of course. You could, you could go out front and I would still hear you crunching. Your crustini are so crunchy. I love crusty crustini. You know, they always have some some crunch to them. The we're talking still talking about the fiddleheads now. Not, I mean, Christini do too. And uh, you know, you said you said they have kind of a flat bitterness. I think yeah. of all these things, they may be the most acquired taste. Yeah, they're kind of my least favorite of the the vegetables we're discussing today. They do they, they have this interesting flavor that is very green tasting. Yes. But there's not a lot of sweetness to it. It's kind of a, a flat flavor. I think these probably benefit from some acid. And uh, yeah, there's a there's a a note of bitterness. They're very complex. They're really interesting. But yeah, they're not an immediately lovable vegetable. I, I would say. Personally. Um. Yeah. You know. I and I think I think along with ramps, they have they have sort of a, uh, a hillbilly association to them that I admire. Really, I didn't know that. I always think of them as such a precious thing. Fiddleheads. You know. Well, but you know, but hillbillies play fiddles. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they do. They do. I mean, can I? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Am I right, hillbillies? <laughs> um, I think we have a huge hillbilly listenership. I bet we do. Hillbillies right in. You know, so I, uh, the one thing that I do know about fiddleheads, because I don't know much okay. about fiddleheads, is that they, they have to be cooked. And is it like that there's something in them that'll kill us? Well, I think they if, are... If it's like neutralized by cooking? There is that and that um, they can there easily... There is that? Well, not kill. Kill is a strong word. So this um, isn't going to be like the rhubarb episode where we sit around and lick raw fiddleheads. Um, no, because I cook them all. Oh no! <laughs> um, but also, they can also, you know, they've got all those intricate, uh, you know, spiral folds, and they can just harbor disease organisms. There have been many uh, outbreaks of foodborne illness linked to fiddleheads. Cook your really? fiddleheads, yeah. Oh wow! I mean, not big outbreaks because you know, not that many people eat them, but. <laughs> Definitely among hillbilly populations, there have been decimated huge outbreaks of fiddlehead related parasites and other things. Worms. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So um so what did you do with the fiddleheads today? Oh, so I did I did as Abby's mom told me to do, not directly, um, through Abby, which was uh I blanched them in uh, salted boiling water and then I uh sauteed them with olive oil, salt, and a little bit of red chili flakes. And they had the nicest crunch to them, like this um tenderness but there was still like a little crunch on the outside of them they were really well done good job abby's mom yeah i think yeah it's a good it's a great way to cook them yeah um i will i will try them again for Mm -hmm. sure they're also kind of expensive i think uh i think the fiddleheads i bought were 15 dollars a pound did we eat everything that you bought yep oh wow that was a you should have told me they were that much i would have savored no no no, yeah I, i didn't buy a pound well clearly not because they're all gone 
So let's talk about nettles. So, you know, I want to put you in the driver's seat on this one because I have eaten them a number of times, but have never cooked them and know almost nothing about them. Well, so every spring we go through a lot of nettles at Delancey and our our favorite thing to do with them is to make pesto from them. Oh, you can use them in pretty much any recipe that you would use, let's say spinach. Okay. Only these are spinach leaves that hurt. (laughs) So, um, so anyway, if you're a kid, all spinach is spinach leaves that hurt. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so you know, as you are, the first thing that you need to do with them is to blanch them, kind of like fiddleheads, really. Only in this case, you're removing the the stinging quality, and then what you're left with is this wonderful, minerally tasting green that leaves this like residual warmth in your mouth. Like that's that's what the stinging Ooh. part turns into. I wouldn't oh, call I like it, that. I wouldn't call it spicy. It's just this warmth that fills your mouth. It's really nice. Wow, that sounds so dirty. Does it? Yeah. Does it fill the rest of your digestive system? <laughs> it does. It does. Okay. So anyway, so you can saute them. You can definitely turn them into soup. I feel like that's very common in the in the springtime to see stinging nettle soup. Doesn't that just sound nice? It really does. Stinging Why does soup? that sound nice? I mean, it sounds painful. It, but it sounds like it hurts so good in a, yeah, in a John yeah. Cougar Mellencamp kind of way. Yeah, it's like you're going to ride the roller coaster of yes, stinging nettles. Yes. Um, anyway, and yeah, we turn them into pesto at Delancey. Same way you'd make pesto at home. You probably need a little bit more lemon in it because I feel like, you know, basil, what we usually make pesto from, is a little brighter tasting yeah. than nettles. Anyway, and then we use them on a pizza with ricotta cheese. It's also great with some bacon. Mm. little preserved lemon, maybe. Oh, that oh, sounds great. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's talk about ramps because... I've only bought and used ramps once. What did you do? I took the lazy way. I used the leaves chopped up in a salad Mm -hmm. with like, you know, just regular greens. Kind of the way that you might throw a handful of herbs into a salad. Yeah. And we should say ramp greens, they're flat and they're, Mm -hmm. they're kind of, they're much floppier than scallion greens. Yeah. They're like a, they're like a a sturdy leaf, almost like a, like a basil leaf. Yeah. That kind of thing. And then I don't even remember what we did with the actual scallion like you know choppy part choppy okay, part well, the chop, what do you call that the, the stalk the the bulb the bulb god yes or the white thing. part yeah here's what i like to do with with ramps and it's uh it's also incredibly simple you know i think they're sometimes called like hillbilly truffles have you heard this seriously um, what is it with hillbillies and <laughs> on all this delicious stuff um, hillbillies have like cornered the market on good food i think we should well, do i mean that's a whole Episode on hillbilly cuisine. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's the thing with all of these uh, high end uh, rare ingredients. They're all you know peasant stuff that that has been appropriated by jerks like us. And hillbillies are America's peasants. I hope you're going to talk about this Christini in a second because it's really. Of course, I'm going to talk about the Christini. Um, Maybe I'll talk about the Christini when we get to pea shoots because it has ramps and pea shoots. Oh, so what I do with ramps most often is uh, I make scrambled eggs with them and just uh, beat them in with the uh, with the eggs and uh, and cook them. I find that, uh, you know, the same way you would do, uh, you throw a little truffle in with your eggs if you happen to have a slice or two of black truffle and uh, kind of extend, uh, stretch. Do you, do you often have a slice or Never, two of black truffle? Never, ever, ever. But if I, I did, like, what? that's Who what I would do. This? Who am I sitting next to? <laughs> yeah, it, you know, and uh, I, recommend, I recommend serving Cristal. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> anyway, make some like scrambled top, eggs with ranch. Like it's to good. I like to top mine with a little bit of beluga caviar <laughs> sure. that I bought off the black market. Uh huh. Hey. Did I hear that sh- the like the city of Chicago is named for ramps? Yeah, How can that's, that be? that's why it's called Ramp Chicago. 
This is actually true that uh, in one or more of the native languages of the people uh, who lived near the, uh, when Chicago was founded. You know, <laughs> that's my second take on that. And that's as good as it's going to get. So screw it. Um, anyway, you know what I mean. I, I, I'm turning verbal somersaults to not say Indian language, which is not a thing. Native American language. Right. Anyway. So um, the the term uh, the word Chicago referred to ramps, and there was massive growth of ramps around the area, and the city ended up named for ramps. This is true. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. So, and and Chicago isn't even known for hillbillies. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Uh, and oh, oh, one other one other piece of trivia about ramps. Um, the uh, the Latin name for ramps is allium tricoxum, which is really fun to say. That is pretty great. Uh, the the other thing that I would say is that ramps are terrific pickled. Mm. Really, really good pickled. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. they're they're. There's a Japanese pickle that is not actually made with ramps, but is very similar. Um, called um, rakyo. Um, which is like a little uh, kind of pickled shallot bulb. And I find pickled ramps to be kind of similar, very, um, very pungent and good with a lot of acid. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so let's wrap it up by talking about pea shoots. Yeah. Because, yeah, what I've been crunching on for this entire episode is a crostini that involves ramps and pea shoots. Okay, so I got this recipe from uh, Food 52, and we'll post a link. And uh, Food 52 has also run a couple of good articles on, like, you know, what to do with nettles, what to do with pea shoots, with a bunch of recipe ideas. This was the one that jumped out at me. So you uh, you make some uh, crostini from sliced baguette, and you top it with uh, ricotta that's been uh, flavored with lemon zest and chopped ramps, and then top that with some uh, raw p- uh, pea shoots and a little uh, olive oil and uh, salt and uh, lemon juice. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. I, I even forgot that finishing squeeze of lemon juice. And it was so, so good. It was How um, could you forget the finishing squeeze? It was the essence of spring. Uh, what, what else do you do with pea shoots, though? Of, of all these things, I think that they're my favorite to eat raw. And uh, so they're, they're great in salads. Pea shoots, they also look really cool. We, we'll post a picture, I think. They, uh, you know, they sort of look like, you know, you know how peas grow vines. They're, they're like tendrils. Uh, it's like they're going to grab they're really you. Really graceful. Yeah. yeah. They're going to grab you in a graceful, seductive way. Yes. They are wonderful in salads. Um, you need to sort of pick through them because some of the stems are kind of thick and woody. Yeah. You can eat the, the thinner ones. It's, it's pretty easy to see just by eye which ones look woody. Um, so pick through them. <laughs> Sorry. Pick, pick through them and uh, throw them in your salad. You're going to be very happy. Yep. You can, uh, you can do them in, uh, in soups. You can, uh, you know, they're, they're a versatile, uh, um, uh, light textured green vegetable, but I think they're best uh, stir fried or raw. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, um, you know, what else do we have to say here? I think that's about it. I think, you know, we, we've covered four uh, fleeting spring vegetables. And we should definitely give a large round of applause slash a shout out to our, um, our production assistant, Abby. Abby Church. I d- oh, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I don't know how to pronounce her last name either. I, oh, neither of us know? I no. thought it was just me who was so bad. <laughs> um, Abby Churquitella? Ch- uh, yeah, yes, that's yes, Abby. I bet, you... th- I bet that's not it. No. Anyway, anyway. Abby is terrific. We we don't appreciate her enough around here. Um, and this but, show uh, was her idea. This, this it spelled milk was her idea. This particular, oh, this particular show. episode. Yes. <laughs> 
Thank you, Abby. Yeah. And uh, so you can find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com, where Abby will post links to uh, some of the articles and recipes that we've talked about, including the the crostini with uh, pea shoots and ramp ricotta. And maybe a super amazing photo of Matthew that I just took of him (laughs) eating some crostini. It is a glamour shot. It is Um, a glamour don't. You can... (laughs) You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you can leave us a review at iTunes. Yeah. You know what else you can do? Um, we've done a couple of other full episodes about some of our favorite uh, fleeting spring ingredients, rhubarb and asparagus. Uh, Have we and- done artichokes? No, we haven't. I, I know very little about artichokes, but I would like to do that. They're, of course, a fleeting spring and fall vegetable. Yes. And until next time, uh, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, um, the show that wants to grab you in a graceful and seductive way with our tendrils. (laughs) I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster-Burton. Feel the crunch. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.